that news as always ladies and gentlemen it's the fourth and one podcast did i say news i meant noise we're live from lancaster and Lytton, pennsylvania as always anchor.fm slash fourth and one instagram at fourth and one podcast i'm your boy simeon schlicker aka self-nickname aka fancy trash can sitting beside as always Captain Boring, Mr. Bedhead himself. What it do? Uh, so we're doing this uh, for those of you not keeping track, which is probably none of you, because we have a pretty consistent fan base of like six people. So of those of you not keeping track, um, we're doing this every other week thing till college football comes back. As always, for some reason, if this is your first time, welcome. Subscribe. Give us a like. Give us a listen. We like to talk. All things college football, specifically, and we're both big Michigan fans. Um, some big news, and we're going to start off speaking of Michigan in the Big Ten. I found this slightly interesting. Tony Petini, I'm assuming is how you pronounce that, is the new commissioner for the Big Ten, former MLB COO. Um, as well as, I have to see here, I'm pulling up He the... did some work previously with college football and ABC, I believe, as well as... Um... He is a former CEO, succeeded under current, yeah, blah, 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 blah. He, his mean experience comes from work at ABC Sports, CBS, and MLB Network. Yeah. His... So he's been around. His work in college sports includes helping create the Bowl Championship Series back when ABC was working with the NCAA tournament while at CBS. He also worked extensively with the NFL at CBS. Um, this is pretty clear. Harvard Law, Harvard, big... Harvard College, and Harvard Law graduate. Wow. And really, they brought him on for the t- his TV deal knowledge. That makes sense, and I, it, I bring. I'm glad you brought that up because, especially with the MLB and the way that their TV deal is structured and is getting restructured, we're going to see, as we've discussed many a times, with more money coming into college sports, we're going to see these TV deals restructured as some of as they are, you know. They're top table. They're not Premier League NFL numbers, but when it comes to sports, the college sports are the top, weirdly enough, the top tier, you know, competing with the likes of MLB and the NHL and some other mid-tier tables. I have no idea how much Apple paid for the MLS um, this year. MLS deal. So I, I think it's interesting that he also has... Specifically, the MLS will receive a quarter of a mil, a quarter of a bill, sorry, from Apple. So, I mean, what was the, uh, what was the Michigan, well, not the Michigan, what was the Big Ten deal with uh, Fox? Uh, it was, wait, with, with Fox? Well, it was with CBS. With their new it total. Was a, yeah, it was, um... Oh, seven, eight billion dollars. I'm looking yeah. it up. So, you you think 
just so this runs smoothly, or you think this runs for the next one? I, I'm getting seven stuck bi- on the seven baseball. Years, seven billion dollars. Seven years, seven billion dollars. I do. I, I think that this is, as we've discussed more now, it's a more of a money sport. Um, as you just touched on there, uh, outgrossing MLS and, and hockey and right up there with the NBA. Uh, so, yeah, this is about keeping the TV revenue coming in, doing what's best to keep the TV revenue coming in uh, for the conference and having that in lo- aligned. And since he was the COO of the MLB and he worked with ABC and CBS on their kind of TV contract side, um, this is what that screams to me is he's going to do what's best for the conference as ter- as long as it makes the conference buku dollars. I like. I think that's fair. We go to Micaiah for his knowledge in college the college realm as well as his encyclopedia knowledge of college facts. Um, do you think this is the – we just had two Big Ten teams in the Frozen Four, Minnesota yep. and uh, Michigan. And I'm not sure. Did Minnesota win? Do you know? Minnesota didn't win, no. So Quinn, it was the Quinnipiac Quinn Quinn yeah, Quinn or wherever, the, wherever yep. they're, they're located. Yep. So – Two Big Ten teams in the Frozen Four. Um, the college baseball World Series, not World Series, but Championship Series, I think is what they call it, is hosted in Omaha. Omaha. I'm just wondering if you think they're also bringing someone in who's been around the block to try to build their other brands. I Maybe it would be smart if they did. I, I think just naturally, though... With new TV contracts during not football season that all of these networks and sub-networks that be like the Big Ten Network and, you know, all the other sub-networks that there are will look to put other college sports on television because college sports are growing in popularity. There is a subset of the population still out there that views college sports as more... Uh, what's the word? Pure? Sure. Uh, I should say, um, because it, it's not, well, wasn't about the money, and still there isn't about the big buku bucks. Yeah. Um, now, again, there's a lot of money floating around, but uh, I, I still feel like there is more passion for college sports than there is professional sports when it doesn't, when it it are things outside of football and basketball and baseball. For example, lacrosse. Lacrosse was on television. It was John Hopkins. I guess you go to John Hopkins either to become a doctor or for, to play lacrosse. They're in the Big Ten. It was John Hopkins and Penn State. Game went into overtime. It was very exciting. Yes, I did watch an hour and a half of college lacrosse. Whoa. Yes, I did. It was, and now I'm sort of into lacrosse. So that's, uh, stay tuned for that update there. (laughs) And it was, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, Penn State ended up winning in overtime, so uh, kudos to them. And then I was co- talking with one of the co-work- my coworkers at work, and he said he went to professional lacrosse game. Mm-hmm. He hated it, but he watches it on TV, and he's like, oh, actually, this is pretty interesting. So I think that that's just one example. So the issue with knowing the little bit I do about, about pro- professional lacrosse, there's two 
technically three, but there's two main types of lacrosse. There's outdoor lacrosse, which is what everybody's used to from professional perspective. That's the better one, in my opinion. And then there's indoor lacrosse, which apparently has all the money. And that's a bunch of guys on the in dude, and they put a sumo wrestler in a small hockey net, and you got to try to score on it. And it's just boring because it's a lot less scoring. What was the final score of the Penn State John Hopkins game? Nine eight, I want to say. Yeah. So these games will be like six five, maybe. maybe. Oh, okay. So it's just they put a big dude in a bunch of you know it's just it's low scoring game, and I think that's what makes uh, 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 lacrosse fun. Fun fact here for you: Do you know how? Technically, what is it? Not ship it. Lockhaven Wrestling is D1. Yes. Right? I did know that, yes. And then that means, like, I think it's like cheerleading or gymnastics is D1 on the girl side. I forget exactly what the, what the girl women's sport is that has sure. to be D1 because of Title IX. John Hopkins is a Division three school. They play in the same league around us in Lancaster County, for those of you not listening, as like F&M, Dickinson, used to be E-Town, those sort of school. Only the lacrosse and I don't know what what women's sport plays D one and they play in the Big Ten and D one. So there's a fun fact for you. Um, more fun facts with switching out west. We talked about the Big Twelve a little bit, not the Big Twelve. I'm sorry, we talked a little bit, a little bit, a lot of bit. We talked about the SEC. Kind of previewed the preview of the preview. Yeah, go listen to that epi. It was a very good epi. If I do say so myself. Um, a couple, one rumor, one non-confirmed rumor, one confirmed non-rumor. There we go. That's the words I'm looking for. Cliff Kingsbury. Kingsbury will be the new. Do we know what he's doing at USC? But he's, he's going to be, be an offensive anal- analyst and a quarterback coach. So, he, so this is kind of funny because it's come full circle for him. He got fired from Texas Tech. For yep. those of you who don't remember, I took do. the offensive coordinator job at USC. This was uh, pre-Lincoln Riley. This was still under Todd uh, Hilton, I think his name was. Then the Arizona Cardinals wanted to draft Kyler Murray, so they came knocking. USC let him out of his contract. He became the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. That obviously worked, panned out the way that it did. Flew to Thailand with a one-way ticket. Wasn't taking any other phone calls from anyone. And then, I guess, came back to Southern California and took their call. So, you have... I was talking with Roberto earlier today. You have some of the greatest air raid minds on an offensive side of the... Offensive side of the staff in college football. You probably have the greatest set of offensive minds in college football on one team with the best quarterback slash p- player and the best uh, probably offensive position group in college football. At least high up there. Yeah. Because I, be- in- I believe their offensive coordinator is Graham Har- Harold. I have no idea. I can tell you in like two seconds why you looked that up. The funny thing is, and here's the issue. What did they go last year? Eleven and three last year. What did mm-hmm. they play in? Um, do, 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 do. I'm hoping it's Alex. No, it's Josh Henders Henson. Yes, it, it is Josh Henson. 
Well, it, it says Josh Henson on one side and then Graham Harold on the other side. So Well, let's let's look here real quick. Um So they had a bunch of people leave. Offensive quality assistant left. But nobody specifically so Graham Harold was there last year. Now Graham Harold is with Purdue. Purdue, as oh, it were. So, so that's actually, not that's not updated. A, yeah, that's not a bad signing. So it is Josh Henson who was on the staff last year, I suppose, I guess. And so it, it, it's still a great scheme. A- anyone with. Anyone on staff with Lincoln Riley is only going to upgrade that, but I didn't know Graham Harrod left. So it is Josh Henson, Lincoln Riley, and Cliff Kingsbury, and Caleb Williams managing this offense in the Pac-12. That's pretty yeah. great. With Jordan Addison, they have the returning Josh Falo, which is their returning... Well, they have a returning tight end. Did they have... What's his name? Who? I'm trying to remember. Not CJ I think Jordan Williams. Addison the, left. Jordan Addison definitely nope, went Nope, he's to, a returning starter according to... I'm just double-checking. I'm pretty sure Jordan Addison left. Oh, that, that's the one. That's who I was thinking of. I'm trying to think before transferring. Announced that he would be transferring to the university play in... I mean, he's eligible Dorian for another Singer, year. Dorian Singer, in the wake of Jordan Addison's uh, new number one target... Uh, Singer came, is coming over from Arizona. He had 1,100 yards and six touchdowns last year yeah, and he may left. develop. So it, it, what the Pac-12 should be called this year is Colorado and then all the other teams that are going to win oh, the Pac-12. I'm thinking of Mario Williams, by the way. Oh, That's Mario who I Williams. thought I was thinking okay. of. Okay. Who, well, ended that... up, who ended up being his like number one so, target anyway. So what we're going to call the Pac-12 is Colorado... And then all the other teams who actually are going to well, win the conference. Okay, so this is what I'm saying. We have one of probably the best set, offensive, talented teams from a position perspective. Sure. Okay, all around. I have no idea how good their line is. But you have one of, if not the best, college football quarterback this year. Yep. You have two really good... Uh, Two really good wideouts, probably a good running back, some so some 5'10", 230-pound right. running back. You don't know from, any of the names, but you will about week three, whatever right. it is. Yeah. which we should look at their schedule now um, just so we have it. Um, and I want to look here, sorry, as I scroll down. No, they don't actually have a too bad. So, sorry. One of the best in one of, if not the worst, conference in college football. Let me finish my thought there. Because you have UCLA and USC, the team we're talking about, transferring out at the end of the year of the Big 12. You have um, Colorado, that's another fun fact, possibly transferring back to the Big 12, their classic, and their brand new shiny hire in in Deion Sanders, Coach Primetime. So... um, yeah, I'm not sure what to make of them this year. I, Who, let, let, Colorado? No, the the Pac-12 in general, right? They're losing. I, I, 
Well, you're, it's going to be. I I feel like the Pac-12 has entered a cycle similar to the ACC, the Big Ten, and the SEC. The top teams are going to be at the top teams. You're going to have USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Utah. And then you're going to have everybody else. And Colorado's going to muddle around, and Colorado's going to get all the headlines. But at the end of the day, Colorado's 6-6, six and 7-5, six, and five, and has gotten absolutely blown off the face of the earth by... Oregon, USC, Utah, if they face some, you, you know, the, the, these these schools. And then who's left fighting for, for the title are, is everybody else. Deion Sanders, Colorado's going to get all the headlines, but when it comes down to the nitty-gritty and playoff time, it's going to be USC and UCLA and Oregon and Utah. So, yes... That's not um, my issue. Then what's your them. issue? My issue is that the people you just named, besides Oregon and Utah, which Oregon severely underperformed last year. I think we can both say that. But you're basically just going to have Oregon and Utah starting next year. And maybe Colorado. Most likely Colorado. And we don't know how good they're going to be, right? This is prime time's first time in the prime time. I, yeah, I mean, this is we we haven't seen a mass exodus like this, right? So 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 of top again, school. So, so again, best case scenario, just like with the Big Twelve last year and yeah. TCU, best case scenario for the Pac twelve is a team not named USC or UCLA wins the conference. But here's what the Pac-12 can lean on is. The back-to-back conference champion is a team that's not going anywhere. It's the Utah Utes. Everyone talks about Colorado. Last year, everyone was talking about USC. The year before that, everyone was talking about Oregon. And guess who came out on top? The team with three losses, the team with two losses the year before. The Utah Utes. Kyle Winningham will have the Utah Utes ready to punch people in the mouth at the line of scrimmage, and compete for another conference championship. He's been there for 19 he years. Is the, he is the longest tenured head coach in the sport. Did he, he, repl- took, he did replace he re- Urban Meyer? Yes. That's what I was just about to ask. He started as a D line coach. He went to BYU, so he's in, he, but he's from uh, San Luis Obispo. One of my favorite uh, Obispo. One of my favorite names. He went to BYU. Um, but that is interesting. Well, He's a defensive-minded coach. Uh, well, and then then let's also not forget about Oregon State. I think actually the quote-unquote bottom half of the conference is actually yeah. more interesting than the top half. Can the bottom half actually start to make some noise? Oh, um, Oregon State I, went 10-3 and three last year, and guess who arrived to town, if you do remember? That is DJ Ui Angalale out of Clemson, the transfer from Clemson. Oh wait, he's at yes. Oregon now. So they went ten and three last year, made yeah. some noise. Yeah, they felt like a mid a late season loss prevented them from being in the conversation for the college football playoff. And I would agree with three losses. They get a quarterback, a veteran quarterback coming in here, and they beat Oregon last year, so they have bragging rights. 
So can Oregon make some noise? Obviously, Sorry. we're going to watch Colorado. And then Cal, Justin Wilcox, this is win or go home time for Justin Wilcox and Cal, well, who never seem to be any good. And you you also have, and I want to come back to something that you'll find very interesting with your encyclopedia knowledge. Um, and I'm going to test you on something. Um, you also have a new head coach from San Diego. No. From Sacramento State. Sacramento State, who was a good team. At Stanford. Coming, coming up into Stanford. Yep. Um, not He's not going to turn anything around this year. It's Stanford. They were at the bottom of the barrel since Harbaugh left. No, but Sacramento State, it's very interesting. I'm reading this. At Sacramento State, he took over a team that went 2 and. Two and eight and zero and seven in conference in twenty eighteen. Right? Yeah, very similar to Stanford. Yeah. Then proceeded to lose just one conference game over the next three seasons. Replicating that's a, that's a, and then they made the I, I think the semifinal last year against yeah. against Montana State. Oh boy, was that game fun to watch because it was cold, it was snow, and it was like negative thirty five or something like yeah. that. Uh, It's going to be a new brand of offense in Sanford, too, because um, at Sacramento State, number three in total offense with 500 yards per per game using a two-quarterback system. Whoa. Yep. That's huge. Yep. Because Michigan couldn't do that. (laughs) Which, Uh, by the way... No team really can use a two-quarterback system and succeed. Well, okay. So, yes. We have to come back later probably next episode or whatever to iowa that's an interesting no, story get out of here if, if caitlin clark scores more points than your entire football team does and you get seven points per turn get out of here okay but you can't I don't look at talk their, about but iowa. you have to see you have okay but you have to no and you no, have to I for one exact yes do yes you do you you have to for one exact reason and one exact reason only iowa sucks so badly they fired both their oc and head coach right no, they didn't. They're both still there. Okay, Iowa sucks so badly that they had to go to the good schools and take their sloppy seconds. Because what are the two biggest transfers yes, that Iowa it, transferred it, it, in? It's Eric All and, and Cade McNamara. Yeah, and yes. what are you going to see? A lot of Cade McNamara throws to Eric All. Or they're just going to run the ball 15 times and then get three yards and then win well, 7 Well, it actually is sort of – okay, so Kate, the one thing Kate McNamara does really well is not turn the ball over and put the ball where it needs to be put. So it's actually a good pickup for Iowa because their quarterback play was atrocious. And so it makes them a little dangerous in that West division now because Iowa will always play good special teams and good defense. I'm just – I'm so fed up with teams that are stuck in the 1980s and 1990s that it's not even funny. So why should I talk about teams that can't even get out of the 1990s or now 2000s, as 2000s was 20 years ago? Why why should I talk about them when, when their style of football is not pleasing to my eyes? Uh, only because they took two Michigan guys. Oh, well, okay, that's fair. Okay. So what are we testing my knowledge with? I have to confirm this here real quick. Okay. That sucks because I thought I was going to be right. It's still interesting. Okay. So this is a coach, uh, a coordinator, and I want you to kind of give me a rundown on the teams, and I'm going to give you the teams that are 
you'll know about. 2002 to 2004, Oregon. You want me to give you the coordinators of 2002 to No, 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 no. Give me, like, a quick, like, highlight just of them. I can give you the 2002, 2004, Oregon. That one's easy for me. Of Besides the fact that they weren't very good? But what's the one thing that they did? Makai, it's on all of the highlights. Oh, they, well, they beat Michigan in, oh, but that was in 07. Oh, was that? I thought that was yes. in 04. No, that was not. Darn it. All right. So, never mind. This game doesn't work. <laughs> okay, well, do you want to play the game anyway? Well, sure. Okay. 2005-2008 Utah. That was Alex Smith, wasn't it? Or is that, that post-Alex That was Smith? Alex Smith and Urban Meyer, yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, except I don't think it was, question mark. Hold on. Give me two seconds. Let me confirm that. I'm pretty sure. Nope. 2005 Kyle was, was uh, Kyle Whittenham. Okay. So, it would have been... After that. 2009 and and 10, California. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's like, I'm pretty sure that's like the Sean Jackson era. Yeah, 100% that's the Sean Jackson era. That is, okay, everyone needs to Google right now, pause the podcast, and then come back. Everyone needs to go look up Deshaun Jackson punt return versus Tennessee. Yeah, And then the clip itself is, I believe, nine minutes long. You're going to watch the whole thing. You're going to watch Kirk Herbstreit absolutely geek out. But there's one move that Deshaun Jackson puts on in that punt return that is unhuman. He is running at full speed ahead, stops on a dime, and jumps backwards and sideways, and then immediately accelerates for a touchdown. Everyone go. Pause the, the podcast right here. Go look up the Sean Jackson punt return versus uh, Tennessee, the University of Tennessee. Not the because it might come up with the Tennessee Titans. And uh, just enjoy that and then come on back. So we'll pause here and then we'll let you do your thing and come back. Continue. Okay. Um, I'm going to skip 2011-2012 San Diego State because that, 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 who cares? San Diego State. How was 2013 to tech, 2013 2014 Wisconsin? 2013 to 2014. Yeah, that would be Melvin Gordon. Mm-hmm. 2015 to 2018 Vanderbilt. There's nothing special there. Besides thought, the fact that they suck. Yeah, uh, I thought that was, um, and if it was, that'd be hilarious. And really go to prove my point. I thought that was James Franklin's Vanderbilt time. It's not. No, that was, yes, much before then. Um, unfortunately. And then so, from 2019 to, to the present, he is Utah's offensive coordinator. This man is Andy Ludwig. Okay. This is a guy you've never heard of before, but has a flash in the pan quite a few times as proven of, like, talent or weird, like, spikes in just coming out of nowhere and being an offensive coordinator for a good time. And I, I bring this up because the point I'm trying to make is bring it back to kind of what we were doing last week of looking at the Utah Utes. Their defensive coordinator has been there for it's their eighth season. It's it's Mr. Ludwig's ninth season and it's Kyle Whittenham's 19th season. And, they got it. They got something going. Let me see, let, and here's the best part. Let me give you their schedule. 
The Utah Utes? The Utah Utes schedule. And they have... I'm trying to see. So they have three non-conference games. I don't know what's going on with this third non-conference game. They are home at Florida. Um, home with Florida, sorry. So, so remember last year, everyone, Anthony Richardson and Billy Napier's first season, Utah walked into the swamp, had a 10-point fourth quarter lead, squandered it. If they win that game, they're probably in the college football playoff even with two losses. So continue. So they get Florida at home. They get Florida at home, then they're at Baylor. Wow, their non-conference schedule's actually pretty good. What game were we playing last year with the last week with the numbers? Weren't we doing uh, something with the numbers or the rating yeah. system? We we were giving weren't we giving it just like I, I don't remember playing a game. I thought we were just going this one's strong, this one's weak. Uh, I'm pretty sure we were playing a game. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh oh, um, I think we were playing like trash or pass, basically pass or smash or pass. Know. Yeah, basically, like, would you do you think this is a good, a good pick or not? I don't know, dude. I, this is two weeks ago. Okay. I don't, I don't remember what I had for dinner yesterday. I just remember, but you know. Okay. Sure. Um, and then their third game's Weber State. So at non-conference for Utah, they beat ba- Baylor. By the way, is going to be no slouch. If they beat Baylor, and Florida, and then, uh, um. Do they have any of the big ones on uh, the schedule, like USC? At U- USC, home mm-hmm. at Oregon, home at Colorado, which is a rivalry game. And listen, home at UCLA. So they're only listen, at USC. So with their out non-conference, you beat Baylor and Florida. That probably buys you two conference losses. And a chance to still make the college football playoff. As long as they're close. At the very least, it buys you one. Yeah. So, Utah's in a very good position. You know what you're getting with Utah. I keep saying it. I keep saying it again and again and again. You know what you're getting. You're getting hard, smash-mouth football. You're getting... Discipline along both the offensive and defensive lines of scrimmage. You're getting solid defense, and you're getting a running game that's running downhill. Plus, they're going to get Emory Simmons in, who's a four-star wide receiver from Indiana. Thanks for looking this up. I didn't know who their new quarterback is, because then they lose uh, what's-his-face. Um, I believe, no, I think Cameron Rising is coming back. They're replacing the Dalton Kincaid for. and Kark Phillips, um, who are both going to the NFL. But again, Kyle Winningham been there so long, he's got that system rolling over. So as long as you, That's much like of, Iowa, as long yeah. as you have a team, a quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over and actually completes passes, you're going to be okay. Which Cameron Rising has proven to be. Oh, he started at Texas. Yes, he did. Um, was a redshirt, and uh, he's proven himself to be a good, a good quarterback. Six uh, completion percentage at sixty-six percent. Do we have a passer rating of one fifty-two? Was his best in all of college last year. They're returning both starting receivers, Devon Vale and Money Parks. What a name! Rate that, that name. Eight. Um, and ensuring Risings has plenty of options. So they they have three legit 
wide receivers. They're going to be good at running back, of course. They're replacing Dalton Kincaid, who was the leading pass catcher. But at tight end, it's okay. Um, I they, This, again, it ain't bad. Colorado and USC, they're going to get all the fluff and all the hype, especially Colorado. And I think... Utah, UCLA, Oregon, Oregon State, all these teams are like, yeah, go pay attention to Deion Sanders. Go pay attention to Travis Hunter. Go pay attention to Shadur Sanders. Go pay attention over there. Don't look over here. We're going to do our thing, and then when the fall rolls around, we're going to show you how good we really are. They, they like that kind of nitty-gritty spirit. Let's, let's take it back over to USC. I really hate that I don't remember what game we were playing now. Because let's look at the non-conference games for the University of Southern California fighting Trojans. San Jose State at home. Yeah, not not great. Not Nevada great at not, home. Not great, yep. Didn't they just get a new coach, too? Or was that Maybe. last year? I don't know. Then they start Stanford at home. Okay, so their first three games... Probably a walk in a park. At home. Yeah. Their head coach is Ken Wilson. It's his second season. He was at he was Oregon's co defensive coordinator in twenty twenty one. That's Co- why we know the name. He went two and ten last year in the Mountain West division. So he's doing a great job over there. Their only other non conference game, and I bet you can get it, guess it, is for you can guess it by the trophy. I know this. We like doing trophies here. The jeweled Shillelagh. Shillelagh. Oh, shil- oh, 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 yes. The Shillelagh is um, uh, Notre Dame. There it is. They are at Notre Dame. Um, I'm sure that will be prime time October 14th on NBC with a commentator so, you've never heard of. So Notre Dame, it's uh, Ian Eagle's kid. Uh, I don't even know who that is. Ian Eagle? Well, he's taking over the Final Four for Jim Nance. Iron Eagle probably has the best voice in all of football. That's not true. Uh, uh, Joe Davis does for Fox. He's incredible. He calls the World Series. Go look up Joe Davis. Everyone, pause. Go look up Joe Davis. You're really getting them all... Hold on. Oh, now we're just... I'm getting... Oh, it's this guy. Yeah, he is great. He is a kid who's also doing it? I guess. He's one of those names that you don't know. We also like, for those of you who don't pay attention, we like ranking commentators here. Um, Again, who's not paying attention at this point? Like, we only have, like, seven people who listen. You know what? Maybe maybe one person who's new came in and is like, okay, so far I like the moxie of these two, you know? (laughs) So far I like that they love their commentators. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Dude, we're so nerdy here. It doesn't matter. We're ranking non-conference games and talking about commentators. Uh, USC's... If you don't like that, you don't like NFL football. USC's non-conference schedule makes it so that they pretty much have to run the table in the Pac-12. Yeah. Notre Dame, is a sa- Notre Dame is a savior, 100%, but it makes it so they have to run the table in the Pac-12. So they are at Oregon... They host Utah, which didn't go well for them last year. They were technically at Utah last year, but still didn't go well for them last year. They got an L and then an L. And they are at Colorado. 
Okay. So stop with this Colorado. Don't bring up Colorado. I don't okay. care. Makai, I'm just saying. I, I I understand. I understand what you're trying to do, but Colorado is not on the but same you want me wavelength. To go, oh, they're home with UCLA. That's stupid. UCLA's U- the better matchup. How? How do you mean how? Chip Kelly's been there for more than five minutes. Chip Kelly has the recruiting pool and depth a little deeper than Colorado. Colorado is all surface. Colorado for this year and maybe half of next season is surface. What you see on the surface, their starters, that's it. At least UCLA, their backups might be able to make some plays. Colorado is a surface school only. That title? Question mark? Okay. You say that now. And I will be right. Makai, I'm looking at their transfers in besides Dartmouth and Fresno State. Their transfers in one Michigan, obviously all the Jackson State all the Jackson State guys. A lot of two guys from USF, you know, they're two wide receivers from USF, mind you. A couple guys from Arkansas, Alabama, Kentucky. One dude from Michigan. Who'd they get from Michigan? They got Taylor Upshaw from Michigan. Taylor Upshaw went to Colorado. How did... That's fine. He sucked anyway. Yeah, I know. That's Um, why I wasn't... I, I, I understand what you're saying, and it definitely should be the title. Sur- Colorado surface level team, but at TCU, Nebraska, Colorado t- State. I, I already Rocky- told you what's happening. They're, Ro- they're- no, let me let me hold on. Rocky Mountain Showdown is that title. How good of a name is that? Out of ten. Uh, wait, who are they playing? Rocky Mountain title. The, the Rocky Mountain Showdown is the Colorado Colorado State. Rocky oh, Rocky. that's a great. Yeah, no, no, like nine and a half. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, hold up. What's better? That or the Rumble in the Rockies? Oh no, Rumble in the Rockies is way better, bro. That is that is their rivalry against Utah. So let's Rumble go... in the Rockies is great, Makaya. Let's go over this real quick. Okay, what now, do you want to go over? I'm not saying what we've been playing, the game we've been playing. Okay, I'm not saying they're going to win any of these. I'm not. I think they're going to go seven and seven. I think they're going to be a five hundred team this year. You can't go seven and seven in college football, but okay. No, you cannot. You can go seven and six. That's the one I'm looking for. Just over five hundred. They're at TCU. That's at a the... W. I already told everyone. Yep. W. At the beginning of the season, that's going to look really good. At the end of the season, it's going to be like, why did they play TCU? Correct. You and, you and I both agreed at that. Yes. Then they're at Nebraska. Okay. I no, think... they're home. They're home against Nebraska. I'm sorry. Uh, that's an L. I think we went over this when we did this with Nebraska for some reason. Or we already did this with Colorado. Okay. Then they're home against Colorado State. The W, obviously. Um, that's possibly an L. That's possibly not an L, the, the Nebraska game for me. That's a coin flip for me. I think that's 50-50. What are you holding? A pair of needle-nose pliers. Nice. Okay, continue. Uh, at Oregon, L. Okay, I don't think so. I think that's a W. I, don't I think know we Oregon's... argued about that last week. Yeah, Oregon's not as good. How US... do we remember that we or- argued about Colorado Oregon? But I don't... We don't remember the game we because we're both having deja vu right now regarding deja vu about all this. over again. Yes. Okay. 
Home, uh, home against USC. L. Probably. It's going to uh, be I, sold out, rocking, and then Caleb Williams is just going to rip everyone's heart out. It's yeah, going to get the primetime uh, slot, ABC, whatever, and then it's going to be sold out, blackout, whatever. Rah, first half, first half, and then it, and then by the end of the third at quarter. Arizona State. Uh, w. Shut up the noise in my head. Home against Stanford. W. Rose Ball against UCLA. L. Again, probably not. Either that or UCLA. We're going to go to them next. Uh, home against Oregon State and Arizona. Uh, it's a uh, Oregon State's an L. Arizona's a W. What? I just told you about Air- Oregon State. No, Do you, you did not. listen? No, you did not tell me about Oregon State. Please, everyone, take this time to rewind to the beginning of the podcast when I talked about Jonathan Smith and Oregon State going 10-3, and 3, getting DJ Uli, Ungalole, and come on back. Oh, then. I thought that was Oregon. <laughs> everyone, we are being hosted by a complete idiot. His name hey. is Simeon Schlicker. I think co at this point. He had to give himself a nickname because no one else would. No one else took pity on him. I, I li- that's literally what I said. I said my name. Was a K A self nickname. <laughs> Come he on, you to gotta be, give me that he one. He wants to be part of the cool kids club, but he cannot. So he gave hey, himself a nickname. The KKK are taking all the members right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they want to be known as that. Abort! 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 Uh, their last two games are away at Washington State and Utah, which I think is a W and an L. Even I think that, and you think that exact same thing. Yeah, Again, probably. six and seven. But let's say they start off 3-0. Very possible. Yeah, sure. They go to Col- they go to Oregon. Very possible 4-0 start. No, L. No, Oregon's not as good as you think they are. No, Oregon is as good as I think they are. How? How? Because I... Oregon's like a 9-3 and three team. And they have Bo Nix returning. And Bo Nix had a great season. And they have a good defense. And yeah, he fell apart pieces. down the And it's Dan Lanning. And, 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 and. It's you're... Oregon in you're... Austin Stadium at home against Deion Sanders. A, at this point, a 3-0 and Deion Sanders. Shadur Sanders isn't going to be able to communicate with the person next to him. It's going to be that loud. Shadur Sanders has never endured the type of crowd noise at Jacksonville State. Jackson State. Whatever. It don't Two matter. Separate it schools. could be Jacksonville State, Jacksonville. Very racist State, of you. Jackson State and the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it's not as loud. Get out of here. You don't even know. Do you pay no, attention see, to crowd noise and how much it affects yeah, Micaiah, these players? The, for the first three weeks? No, it doesn't. It affects these players who are not mature enough to deal with it. And the the Colorado, what I'm trying to get people is, the Colorado, I do, I do not believe, I don't know this for sure, I do not believe that the Colorado players are veteran and mature enough, uh, especially a host of them coming from Jackson State, an FCS-level college, to play in the crowd noise that these Pac-12 schools have. Because let's be honest, 
Utah. Some of the Pac-12 schools. You, some of the Pac-12. Utah is unbelievably loud. Autzen Stadium is probably one of the loudest venues in all of college football, if not the entire, if not all of football itself. Washington super loud. Oregon State super loud. Okay, so let me. We're gonna pump the brakes here a little bit. Here, pump okay? the brakes so, on what? First of all, Washington. Does Washington have their own stadium where they play yes, Seattle Stadium? No. Okay, so Washington has their own stadium. Second of all, no one's going to a Washington Huskies game this year. Everyone's going to what, dude? Who did Washington transfer in? Micaiah? I can't even with you anymore. Michael Penix is still there. Washington was ten and three last year, bro. Yeah, this is the West Coast. No one pays attention to the West Coast. But that's what I'm saying. No one pays attention, but actually the Pac-12 is actually a pretty decent conference. Okay, but that's the argument that we're having right now. You don't believe that the Pac-12 is a decent conference? Not after 2024, they're not. I'm not talking about 2024. I'm talking about 2023. No, I don't think they are. The only listen, you're, the you're, only you're sh- out of your gourd. The only shot, and let's talk about this. Hold on, we will come back to the Pac-12s. Let's go over to UCLA. Chip Kelly's sixth season. The only thing I don't know with UCLA is their quarterback play. I think they're going to be really good on the ground. I think they're going to be really good at skill positions. I just don't know with their quarterback. I don't. Washington was 11-2 and two for the record. Uh, even year. better. Um, UCLA does have a 17-year-old out of Michigan who flipped from Oregon to UCLA. His, name, his last name's Moore. He's unbelievable. So I, they're losing DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. He was a um, starter for them, a uh a four-year starter for UCLA. So they're losing him. They're losing Zach Charbonnet, and they're losing some offensive line talent. Another another Michigan guy. But UCLA's problem wasn't offense last year, and it's never been offense. It's been defense. So can Chip Kelly get a defensive coordinator? Deontay Lynn is who they hired this offseason. Deontay Lynn was the Baltimore Ravens safety coach. So Chip Kelly is going – Basically what Harbaugh did, and he's going to the NFL to get someone to stop these college offenses. He was a four-star scout ranking in high school, and he was a three-star. He went to Penn State, actually. So all the Penn Staters know who he is. So, again, I think UCLA, I don't think they're, I mean, I think they're like nine and three. So let's start off the season home, Coastal Carolina. W. At San Diego State. W. Home, North Carolina Central. Okay, W. Obviously, they're 3-0. Okay, at Utah. L. Home, Washington State. W. At Oregon State. L. At Stanford. W. Colorado, W. We get it. At Arizona. W. Home against Arizona State. Uh, w. Over the mountains at UC at, at USC. L. <coughs> and home against California. W. Nine and three. Okay. Nine and three. Like you said, last year, now that we've gone with that, you've put... 
besides UCLA and U- besides USC and Utah, who went eleven and three and ten and four overall last year, finished eight and one, seven and two. Did they share? No. Utah won the conference off of a tiebreaker. I don't even know how that worked. Oh, championships. They're doing championships now. Washington was eleven and two last year. Like yes, you said seven but and lost two in the, conference, but lost the tiebreakers to to Utah. Oregon, they finished the they finished ranked eighth in the nation. Yes, okay. Mm-hmm. We have we have talked about this here a little bit. I got to give props, but I'll come back to my point. Number fifteen, Oregon, ten and three, seven and two in conference. Number seventeen, Oregon State, ten and three, six and three in conference. Number twenty-one, UCLA, nine and four, six and three in conference. Then we drop off at Washington State, who was four and five in conference. Arizona, but made me money because uh, I told you to take the plus five and a half over win total. So you did. Arizona was three and six. Yeah. Did they lose Herm Edwards halfway through? Or was that Arizona State? That's Arizona State. California, Arizona State, Stanford, Colorado. Colorado Her point lo- being, my point being is you basically have already called it yourself. Your strongest two teams are USC and Utah, just like they were last year on paper at the beginning of the season. The issue is one of those teams needs to win out if they want to be in the college football. Straight up. Every single game by a lot. Yep. Okay. Okay. And that's USC. Yep. That's USC. Yep. The other team has to just win. Preferably without a loss. Because when you look at the effing SEC, just the SEC East, right? right? This year, outplays all of them. Sure, but what on but, paper? But what are we? My doing? point is, we don't. I don't care who wins the Pac-12. I don't care what trophies they get anymore. There's only one trophy that matters, and four teams that get in to compete for it. And currently, there's only probably one floating out there if they're lucky. Name me a team here in the Pac-12 that can go to Dallas. We'll be nice, but we're putting it in the South. And take on an 11-1. Nope, that doesn't work. A 12-1, 12-2, sorry. No. What am I doing? A 12-1. and one. There you go. You got it. Yep, that makes sense. Georgia. Name me a school who can go to Minnesota or another, I don't know, indoor, Las Vegas. Yeah. And can well, actually, take on. It might be. It might be in Vegas this year. Anyway, I continue. wouldn't be surprised. Um, continue. And can take on a 13-0 Ohio State or Michigan. No, your, your point is valid. I understand your point. So you what, can't tell me that this isn't a. No, no, no. Sorry, no. Mom. Shitty league. No, but I can. But I but I can tell you that it's not. Because just because they're not toe-to-toe, and, and I would say this, USC and Caleb Williams, and then I, I pick another kind of random team because Pac-12 always uh, surprises you with one random yeah. team, Utah, uh, Washington. I'm saying it's Colorado. Right. You hate me for that. Yeah, well, Colorado's a dumb decision, so whatever. <laughs> Pick any team. They're not going to go toe-to-toe. Like, 
I, I understand that. But that's not what you're – if you are strictly looking and saying whether or not a conference sucks, whether or not they could go to toe-to-toe with an Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, whatever it is, right, especially in the SEC, then your enjoyment of the sport has gone from this to this because your enjoyment of the sport now is about six teams long. And that's just not the way to look at the sport. Okay. Because there is still pride in you're conference championships. You're making a total, totally different argument. No, I'm not. Because you're saying the conference sucks because the winner of the Pac-12 can't go toe-to-toe with Georgia. Guess what? I'm not sure that the winner of the Big Ten can go toe-to-toe with Georgia. I'm not so sure that Michigan somehow pulls off a 18-point comeback against TCU and walks into wherever they were playing the national championship last year. And the outcome... That was Los Los Angeles, right? I I think so. And the outcome isn't similar to what Georgia did to TCU. So, if you're going to say that the conference sucks because the winner of that conference can't go toe-to-toe with the best teams in college football... Then you're looking at one conference, and that's the SEC. So now you're just an SEC homer. Okay. So now you're the worst type of fan, and now everyone hates you, and now we got to come up with a new nickname for you, and we'll give you a real nickname. You are (laughs) Fancy Trash Can the SEC Homer. (laughs) (laughs) That's a horrible nickname. Try again later. (laughs) Because I'm not. But my point is still valid. No, but I don't think it is. Oh, at least the other teams are putting up contenders. I don't count TCU because here's here's the issue that I'm having. Right? Let's pu- let's have me pump the brakes now. You throw Clemson or Alabama in instead of TCU, and you have a totally oh, what is that? A two loss technically, Ohio State team or one loss Ohio State team? One loss Ohio State team. Yes. Over TCU, and you have a totally different playoff. And we're looking at now, we're looking at possibly an extended playoff. We're looking at possibly a... I think we are getting it. We are getting an extended playoff. 2024. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're looking at a, an extended playoff, and, and we're looking at restructuring, unfortunately. We're talking about two of these teams who were in the top 25 at the end of the season leaving possibly Colorado, whatever they do this year, and them leaving. And we know that the AP is going to rank them immediately. Um, sorry. <laughs> the, 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 the point I was trying to make before, and then I lost it, and then I got it back, is the committee is going to look at this and go, okay, we've let the Big 12 in twice, and both times it was TCU. And both times they got manhandled by two different conferences, mind you. Um, we really got to stop doing this. So, so you know, but but now, and, but now you're arguing that the Big Twelve shouldn't be in, which I'm on board with. So, I'm on board. Let Last me finish year, my thought because well, get because, there sooner. Well, my it, the second point is kind of going with you. the The annoying part is there is a West Coast biased. Right? Sure, Especially yes. in sports. 100%. From the, pers- from the perspective of, we don't watch these games. Yes, because they're on at 10 o'clock at night and they get over at 1 a.m. and people have to get up for church or whatever. Sunday morning, 100%. Yeah. So, like, 
the the issue that I'm having is like I want to see teams have a chance. At least TCU had a eh, like the Michigan game. The Michigan game they had a chance. Georgia game, I don't think I don't think a a, a fifty cal bullet could stop Georgia last year. Um, I don't think an M1 tank could stop Georgia last year. But the issue that I'm having is there is something to say about the national comparison. We're we're dealing sure, with national teams now. Sure, there's something to say, but you you literally said that the Pac-12 sucks as a conference because they can't go toe to toe with Georgia and Ohio State and Michigan. And I'm telling you, if that's your gauge on how you rank if a conference sucks or not, then every single conference sucks except the SEC. And the Big Ten. Well, I, hold on. But No, but that's what I'm telling you. Okay, yes. You have to also remember that I'm also not an SEC homer because we're going to have this argument to wrap up the pod, but you're not an SEC homer because... Who's been cheering for UTSA the past two years? No, I, I know. And, and the Raging and that, Cajuns and Coastal Carolina. No, I, I, I get that. But what I'm trying to get through your head is that you're saying the Pac-12 sucks when the Pac-12 very clearly, at least based on last year's results, and we w- we both went into last year and said the Pac-12 sucks last year. Yeah. It was USC yeah. and then it was everybody else. And I think that was actually the title of one of our podcast episodes, USC yeah. and everybody else, right? Yeah. It did not turn into that. It turned into five really good teams with three losses or less. So here's my take And the away. Big 12 actually sucks this year. Yes, yes, and last year. And last year, 100%, except Kansas. The Big 12, Kansas the, is awesome. The Kansas is awesome. Again, another reason I'm not an SEC homer. I was like, yeah, go Kansas. And then there was Kansas State. I was like, okay, you can stay to Kansas. Go Kansas. Go Kansas. Go Tigers. <laughs> go Tigers. Um, I think what we're for, if the one takeaway I have is you have to look at the Pac-12 within their own bubble. Because as College football, as a college football purist, if we want to go there, I'm not one of those. It's probably the purest and mo- and best conference to watch because of how half of it was ranked they're, in the last year. They're in a bubble. You you have a point that the Pac-12 is in a bubble because, as you said, they're on the West Coast. Ten o'clock games, eight o'clock games, whatever. Not a lot of people are watching Pac-12 late at night, right? Like, except for me and Roberto, who op- only make it to halftime in most of these games anyway. We're, we're, we're not watching. We're, we're, uh, most people aren't watching Pac-12. So I, I get it. And I do get that. And you have to take the Pac-12 results with a grain of salt because they will beat up on each other. And then when they do get in these national ranked games, they don't do so hot. But what I'm trying to say is the Pac-12 is actually a lot better than people seem to think that they are. And as long as USC and UCLA don't win the Pac-12, they're actually set up quite nicely moving forward, even losing those two teams. That's the wrong... You tried. Where did my my songs go? That's not it either. There There it is. is. And with that... I think that's a great place to start. This has been 4th and 1 Podcast, anchor.fm slash 4th and 1. Guys, thank you so much. We'll hope to see you again here in two weeks.
Wash your hands, you filthy animals. God bless. Two weeks.